We've been talking about four prophets of your future. There's four things. Once you're saved, there's four prophets, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S, four prophetic forecasters of what your future holds. There's four things that will really kind of tell the story of where you're headed. Even once you're saved, and I'm talking particularly to those who are saved, but there's, there's four prophets. We've talked about three of them. Today I want to talk to you about the fourth one, and that is who you're listening to, who you're listening to. Uh, everybody in here is listening to somebody. Now, right now you're listening to me, and that's a good thing because I'm going to preach to you the word of God, so you're really listening to the word of God through me. So that's a good thing. But all of us listen to somebody. Somebody and somebodies have our ear. We listen to them. And what they counsel us, depending on the level to which we believe in them, we're going to do what they say. We're going to pattern our lifestyle after what they advise. We're all listening to advisors. We're all listening to counselors. We're all listening to voices. And it's very, very important who has your ear and my ear who we primarily put our stock in. So I want to read to you uh, the very first psalm, part of the very first psalm, Psalms 1. And I want you to notice, here's the biggest book in the Bible, 150 psalms. There's no bigger book by far in the whole Bible than the psalms. takes up the most space. And the very first verse in the entire book, right out of the chute, has to do with who you and I are listening to. Now watch this. I'm going to put it up here. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel, the advice of the ungodly. Right out of the chute. There it is. If you want to be blessed, it matters who you're listening to. Okay? Then he goes on. Nor stands in the path of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful. But instead... His delight is in the law of the Lord. That means the Bible. And in his law, in the Bible, he meditates day and night. Now look at the, the results. That person is going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. No matter what's happening out here, you have a constant source of nourishment under the ground. And you're going to bring forth your fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does will prosper. This week I was looking out my window and I looked, I saw a plant that we had planted in the backyard and it had been fine two days before, but I looked at it and all the leaves, how can I do this? They're all wilting. And I went, I got to go out now. And I gave it water. If, if we could see your soul, what's it look like? Is it, is it healthy looking? Are the leaves brown or green? Are they wilting or are they upright? Is it a healthy soul? Well, that depends on who you're listening to, what you're taking in. Now, I, I got another version just for the first part of verse 1. Listen to this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. 
And I pray that you will bless it to our hearts. Lord, how we need your word, how we need to understand your word, especially in these exceedingly dark times in our nation. We need the word of God. We need that water flow under the soil of our soul that no matter how hot and dry it is exterior, in the interior of our soul, we have a constant source of nourishment and water. Now, Lord, speak to us today. Can you pray with me, church? Say, Lord, speak to me today. Change my life today. I receive your wisdom today. In Jesus' name, amen. Tell your neighbor it matters who you listen to. Amen. Boy, it so matters who you listen to, who I listen to. God gave us eyelids, but he didn't give us earlids. The only thing you can do when you're hearing something you shouldn't is walk away and protect the ear gate. Protect the ear gate. Protect your heart gate. Protect who you're listening to. Uh, Be very, very careful who you allow, who you grant the authority to speak into your life. Be very careful. Now, notice the psalmist here is real concerned about who we're listening to, who we're getting our advice from. Who's speaking into our life? Because whoever is speaking into our life is addressing everything that pertains to life and living. Uh, Your lifestyle as a whole. Who's instructing your lifestyle and mine? Who's guiding us so that we, we have the lifestyle that we have? Because all of us are listening to somebody, I promise you. All of us are listening to some, usually plural, several voices that we have granted the authority to instruct us about life and living. Who are we listening to about morals, ethics, spiritual things, spiritual realities, spiritual truth? How about God? Who's talking to us about God? Uh, uh, Sex. Marriage, relationships, who's instructing us about the things around which our lives revolve? These are all matters of life, and we all receive counsel and instruction from some source or sources about all these things. Did you know that one of the ways people ruin their lives is by listening to ungodly counsel and advice? That's one way to fast-track your life into ruin, by listening to advice that is not godly. Blessed is the man that walks not after the counsel, the advice of the ungodly. And one of the ways that people enrich their lives is by listening to the right voices, the right advice, the right counsel. The same way that it will ruin your life is if it's the wrong voice, it will enrich your life if if it's the right voice. If If it's springing from and sourced in the Word of God, That's the main thing. Does who we're listening to, is their voice, is their counsel, is their advice in line with the Bible? Because the Bible is the greatest psychology book, greatest counseling book, greatest advice book, the greatest instruction manual for living on the whole planet. The Bible. So so I want to, I want us to consider today. Let me just, let me ask, who has your ear? Uh, who are you trusting to speak into your life? Um, who carries counseling cred with you? You know, a celebrity, a sports hero, successful business person, 
some self-appointed self-help guru, a life coach. I don't even know what that is. Everybody's a life coach these days. And even some pastors are advertising their life coaches. I don't know. I'm just a, I'm just a preacher and teacher and communicator of the word. Um, yeah, I hope that I'm dispensing life, but I ain't no coach. But we listen to so many voices these days. So who's instructing you and me? Who, who are we listening to and then going, that's what I need to do about this area of my life. That's how I need to walk. That's where I need to go. That's how I need to behave. That's what I need to believe. Who do you think has it all going on um, that you put your trust in to pattern your lifestyle after their advice? Have you ever stopped to think about that? You know, sometimes there's so many voices out there, radio, TV, movie, Film, books, magazines, social media, Facebook, all these different things where people are always dispensing advice. Sometimes we'll get a little bit of advice and we don't even know we got it. We're trucking down the road. We're listening to something on the radio. You got some talk show going on and somebody says one sentence that is advice about life and living something about morals, something about relationships, something about marriage, and you don't even know that it found its way into your soul and it affects a future decision of yours. The psalmist tells us that advice is going to come from one of two sources, guaranteed, the ungodly or God's word. Now, how simple is that? Advice is going to come from one of two sources, the ungodly, and if it's the ungodly, it can also have a demonic source. It can even be demonic, but if not demonic, it's carnal and it's ungodly. So it's going to come from an ungodly source or from God's word and somebody following God's word. But we're all being advised. I'm advising you right now. And I guarantee you before the day's out, you're going to get advice from other sources. So we're to be very, very uh, discerning and selective about how we, who we allow to speak into our life because somebody's going to. If you're going to succeed in life, if you're going to make progress or fulfill God's purpose for your life, you're going to have to listen to godly counsel. It's got to be godly counsel, all right? Now, let me give you some sources of godly counsel. Here they are. Parents, yep. Not all parents, but some Christian leaders, mature Christians, people with experience, and especially you're going to get counsel from God's Word. Every day I get up, I grab my coffee, which God made on the eighth day, and said, it is good. And I head straight for my little place where I every day get with God, and I open up that Bible. Why am I opening that Bible? Because I want the counsel of God for my day. I want to get God's counsel before I face the world, the flesh, and the devil. I want God's counsel. I want God's advice. I, I want to hear God. I want, I need it every day. I don't just need it on Sunday. I need it every day. Sometimes twice a day, sometimes thrice a day. Because I know if I'm going to succeed, he says, everything you do will prosper. If you're meditating on godly advice all day long. Wow. 
Listen to God's promise to his own people. I will give you leaders after my own heart who will guide you with wisdom and understanding. God says, I know that godly counsel is so important. I'm going to raise up leaders that will speak godly counsel and advice into your life. And that's only one source because God knows how much we need advice and how many different voices are vying for our attention. Even in spiritual warfare, Proverbs 24, 6, by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. There's a safety wall around you when you surround yourself with the right kind of counsel, the right kind of advice, the right voices. There has never been in the history of the world, I promise you, Never in the history of the world, more voices seeking to give you and I counsel and advice than today. Never. TV talk shows, movies, radio, magazines, books, countless voices all over social media. They are everywhere in social media. Everybody wants your ear. Everybody wants to counsel you, advise you, prophesy to you, teach you. Rumble, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, Reddit, Facebook, everywhere. And they all contain voices of advice and counsel. Go this way, go that way, think this, think that, do this, do that. Here's what you need to believe about this, that, and the other. From the very minute you're out of bed and you return to bed that night, you're going to be bombarded with messaging. Messaging containing advice and counsel. It's everywhere. You've got a little app, Messenger. 30 years ago, uh, you would have experienced, on an average day, 2,000 messages coming at you, 2,000 ad messages 30 years ago. Not too long ago, 30 years ago. 2,000 ad messages a day bombarded your mind. Buy this, buy that, do this, do that, think this, think that. Constantly. But today, 5,000 in one day. 5,000 messages in one day coming at you. Here's what you believe about moral things. Here's what you believe about gender things. Here's what you believe about marital things. Here's what you believe about money stuff. It's coming at you all the time. Here's what's morally acceptable. Uh, They promote various ungodly lifestyles, and they typically almost always slam the Christian faith. Amen. Most ads, most of the messaging out there is contrary to your faith and mine. It will not encourage you to walk with Jesus. It will not encourage you to live according to the Bible. It will encourage you to go the other direction. Most of the messaging that's coming at you, and it seeps in through your ears, your eyes, your heart, all day long. you got to be selective, careful, discerning, watchful. we got Oprah on satellite radio peddling new age all day long. Dr. Phil on TV offering up advice on all kinds of moral issues from his own opinion, and most of the times he's in left field. But we consider him a cultural sage, a cultural cultural wise man. And I'm not here to slam Dr. Phil, but i got to tell you, he's not my sage. 
Neither is Oprah. Neither is any other celebrity. No, no, no. I got one sage. His name is Jesus. One sage. One wise man. And anybody following him, I will listen to. If you're not following him, I don't know. The entire celebrity culture pushes everything and anything contrary to God's word. And here's the message behind the messaging. Here is that little, that little hidden message behind most of the messaging coming at us today to advise us about life and living. If you want to be accepted and you want to be popular and you want to be in and you want to be with it and you want to be up to speed and you want to be smart, then this is what you need to believe and embrace. And if you don't, you're not cool. You're not acceptable. You'll never be popular. We will never accept you. Listen, fine with me. I play for an audience of one. Can I say that again? I play for an audience of one. I don't care what they think. Why do I care what they think? I used to care all the time what people thought. Now I realize, getting a little older in life and going on in life, uh, within five years, all those people you were worried about, they've gone here, thither, and yon. They're not in your life anymore. Don't even matter anymore. So thank God I didn't pattern my life after what they expected because now they're not even there. Now, the, the vast bulk of daily messaging that you and I receive, advice, counsel, about everything, comes straight from the world. And the same world that rejects your Savior, your Bible, and your Christian faith. So I want you to remember what the Bible says about the world. Let's put it up there. John writes these words. What does he say? First five words. Read it with me. Now, you say, well, Pastor Jeff, I love the world, and I'll chime in and I'll say with you, I do too in this respect. I love the creation. I'm amazed with what God made. I love every morning going out and listening to the birds sing. I think that anything that is alive, moving, breathing is a miracle from God. I'm amazed at what God made. But that's not what he means by this world. Do not love this world system that is designed against God, that stands against Christ, that will never encourage you to walk with God, that will always pull you into sin, that is carnal, that is lost, that, is, that it has walked away from God. Jesus called the devil the prince of this world. He said, that's what I'm not to love. I'm not to love the Christ-rejecting, God-hating system that is this world. And John says, you do, if you love that world, then at that moment, you don't have the love of the Father in you. I can't shake hands with that world out there and have God amen my life. So that's what he's talking about. James echoed the same thought. James said, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. What? An enemy of God. If I'm going to shake the world's hand, that world that hates Christ, hates the Bible, hates purity, hates everything the Bible teaches, if I'm going to shake hands with that world, then I am at war with God. And anything that that world counsels me about, if it's coming from that world, that's why the psalmist said, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't follow the advice of the wicked. Don't listen to that advice. Don't let yourself be advised in life. Uh, every genuine child of God is commanded 
to get their advice and counsel from God's word. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord and meditate on that word day and night. Amen. Another translation says, instead of listening to the advice of the ungodly, love the Lord's teachings and think about them day and night. What do you have to say about gender, Lord? What do you have to say about homosexuality? Can I shoot straight today? What do you have to say about this issue and that? What does the Bible teach about it? Because what the Bible teaches about it, listen, it's right every time. It's right every time. So instead of listening to the advice of the ungodly, love the Lord's teachings and think about them day and night and night and day. Mull on them, chew on them, consider them, ponder them. Think about what God said about those major areas of life. Where are you getting your counsel from? Rock stars? Celebrities because they're popular? I don't follow anybody because they're popular. A lot of times the most popular people are the ones the most messed up. I don't follow somebody because they got a bunch of degrees in their name. I've known PhDs that were dumb. As far as, let me put it this way, they got a lot of knowledge, but no wisdom. Our colleges today are filled with knowledge, but no wisdom. They can teach you how to do a thing, but they don't, they, they are not to be listened to regarding life and living instruction Instruction for morals and ethics and money. There's no wisdom. This is why I've called who you're listening to one of the four prophets of your life. Whoever you're listening to sets the trajectory for your future. The advice you listen to today plays a big part in your tomorrow where you land, how you land, who you land with, where you're going. And and we shouldn't be so naive, everybody, to believe just because you're a born-again Christian, you can't listen to the wrong voice. Can I wake you up today? You can be as saved as the day is long, spirit-filled, walking in miracles and all kinds of things, and listen to the wrong voice. You can walk with God 10, 20, 30 years or more. And still stumble into listening to the wrong counsel. I've seen people that have been Christians their whole life open their ears up to bad counsel and it totally soured them and embittered them to the faith and they walked away because they were listening to the wrong voice. Proverbs twelve twenty six: the way of the wicked will lead you astray. Counsel of the wicked will lead you astray. Those innocent little statements that people make on TV about some area of life can just lead you astray. Proverbs 1.5, a man of understanding will seek out wise counsel. If you've got understanding, you're going to look for counsel that comes from the Bible. One example in Scripture of a man that followed bad counsel and lost everything. Let me tell you quickly his story. Solomon is called the wisest man on earth in his day, Solomon. But in his older years, it's so sad. He did everything right until he got older. Then when he got older, the Bible says the wrong kind of women carried his heart away from bad counsel. 
Solomon, come on, there's not just one God to worship. You can worship other gods. Worship our God, uh, Baal, Ashtoreth. Worship these idol gods with us. It, it, God doesn't care. It's okay. And he ended up doing that very thing. And he, he drifted from God. And when he died, a divided king left a divided kingdom. And he had a son named Rehoboam. And Rehoboam was immediately coronated. He was the heir apparent. So uh, he was immediately made king. And you read about him in 1 Kings chapter 11 and 12. Uh, you read about Rehoboam. And immediately following his coronation, the people approached him with one request. They said, Rehoboam, we're so glad you're king. Now, that's I'm, I'm adding that. Welcome to the club. Great. Great that you're king. But your father was a hard master. So lighten the heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. And if you do that, we're going to follow you, serve you for the rest of our days. You got us. If you'll just cut us a little bit of slack, we need some lighter tax. We need some tax relief. So he said, give me a little time. I'm going to get some counsel. So he went straight to the elders that his father had listened to. And he told them the story. This is what they want. And here's what the wise older elders said to him. If you give them a pleasant reply and agree to be good to them and serve them well, you can be their king forever. You know what that was? That was biblical. That was wise. And that was godly counsel. But Rehoboam refused the old men's counsel and called in the young men with whom he had grown up. So he called in his peers. He called in his running buddies. He called in his friends. And he gave them the request. He wanted to be popular. He wanted to be accepted. He wanted to be received. He did not want to be rejected by his peers, by his own. And that's such a powerful force. We all want to be accepted by our peers. We all want to be popular. We don't want our friends saying to us, what's the matter with you? Why are you living this way? Why do you believe this? And peer pressure can literally squeeze half the life out of you. But they advise him this way. Tell them, if you think my father was hard on you, well, I'll be harder. Yes, my father was harsh, but I'll be harsher. My father used whips on you, but I'll use scorpions. <laughs> Everybody say, stuck on stupid. And he went to the people and repeated his friend's words. And the Bible says when the people realized that he meant business, that he really meant it, because at first they didn't even believe him. And he was refusing to listen to them. They began shouting, down with David and all of his relatives. Let's go home. Let Rehoboam be king of his own family. And they all deserted him. Now watch this. Listening to the wrong, ungodly advice, he lost everything. They all walked away. Ten of the 12 tribes, he was left with Judah and Benjamin. That's it. The vast majority of his kingdom walked away. And he was filled with regret and guilt and shame. That's the fruit of bad counsel. That's why it matters who you listen to. I've known people, I've known good Christians that read one book, just one book. I know, I know one lady that read one book after um, a divorce. She read one book. She's not in this church, so don't be looking around. 
but read one book after a divorce. And, and it was in a Christian bookstore. It had been on the Christian shelf. It was touting itself as a Christian uh, uh, um, advice book, counseling book. And because she read this one book, she felt that she had every right to go off and live in sin because of this one book. The one book that counseled her wrong set the trajectory for the rest of, for, for years to come. It matters who you listen to. Can you say it with me? It matters who I listen to. Now, let me tell you a good story and we'll close. Here's somebody who listened to good counsel. Are you ready? I love these Old Testament stories because they're given for our instruction. Now, watch this. David and his men, he had 400 men. They're running from Saul day and night and night and day. David goes to sleep every night with one eye open, lest Saul, who was maybe the first Old Testament stalker, stalking him day and night to kill him. So he's got 400 men that are misfits, malcontents, discontents. Uh, the, the rabble and rubble of Israel are following him, and he's just trying to stay alive. He's just trying to stay alive. So they would do this, that, and the other to find food and sustenance out there in the wilderness as they ran. So they came across a flock of sheep owned by a man named Nabal. Now, the Bible calls him a scoundrel, but I'm going to paraphrase it and say he was a jerk. That's just what he was. Scoundrel, that means jerk. Wasn't that a movie, The Jerk? Okay. Now watch this. But Nabal had a lovely wife. Her name was Abigail. She's married to Nabal, and she herself called him a scoundrel. Now Nabal was self-indulgent. He was foolhardy, and he treated people like dirt. He had a lot of money, but a lot of money didn't mean he had wisdom. So he didn't have any wisdom. And so David and his men found the sheep and the men that were keeping the sheep, and it was time to shear the sheep. So David and his men surrounded these, uh, these sheep shearers with a protective wall, and they kept out uh, 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 people that would have hurt them, robbed the sheep, stolen the sheep, killed the sheep, herders. And, and so they served as a wall of protection around these men until it was, shearing the sheep was all done. And when they had done this job for many days, David went, sent a a messenger to Nabal and said, we've protected your sheep. We've done this and that and the other. We would really appreciate some food. Can you help us out? And Nabal, being a scoundrel, no wisdom, declined the request and spoke badly. He spoke evil of David. He ran David down. David's response was this. David instructed 400 of his men to put on their swords. Bad sign. And he said, by tomorrow's morning light, there will not be one man left in Nabal's household. They're all dead, including him. In the meantime, one of Nabal's servants made a beeline to Abigail and told Abigail what her husband had done, what he had said. And there was about to be a slaughter in her house. 
Bible says without Nabal's knowledge, she gathered 200 loaves of bread, wine, sheep, grain, raisin cakes, and figs. And after loading everything on donkey, she headed towards David. Upon meeting him, she bowed and fell at David's feet and asked him to overlook Nabal's indiscretion. Please forgive my husband. He's a scoundrel. He has no wisdom. Please forgive him. Don't kill us because he said the wrong thing. And she counseled David, listen, with wise advice. Listen to her words. Since the Lord has held you back from bloodshed all these years while you have run from Saul, you have not avenged yourself with your own hand. David, don't do it now. Because when you ascend the throne and you're king of Israel, if you do this, they will accuse you to the day you die of gaining the kingdom by your own hand instead of God putting you there. So, David, don't do this. Enter the throne with clean hands so nobody can accuse you of fighting your own way to the top. Listen to his response to her. David said to Abigail, blessed is the Lord God of Israel. Who sent you? Notice, David said, God sent you with godly advice to stop me from making a lifelong mistake. And look what he said. Blessed is your advice. Can we say that together, everybody? Blessed is your advice. Any advice from God, you're going to say that. Blessed was his advice. Because his advice saved me, protected me, guarded me, guided me, sheltered me, led me. Because you have kept me today from committing bloodshed. You saved my reputation, Abigail, and God sent you with godly advice. Now watch this. David's entire life, the rest of his life, was preserved by one 60-second moment of advice. One 60-second, just one little bit of advice saved the rest of his life from regret. And you know what else? Ten days later, the scoundrel died. And David thought, I would love that woman so full of wisdom to be my wife. And she married him. First time she married, she married down. Second time she married up. Because of wise advice. Who are you listening to for guidance and advice? Can we stand together? Who am I listening to? Who are you listening to? Are they godly? Are they biblical? Do they honor God? Are you listening to your peers who aren't walking with God like Rehoboam? Are you listening to your peers because you want to be accepted? Are, are you listening to the people at your job because you want to be accepted? Or are you playing for an audience of one? Amen. I, could, I, don't, I don't want to follow anybody that's not following Jesus. I don't want any advice from somebody that's not getting advice from Jesus. How about you? Amen. Amen. So I, how many of you want that wall of protection around you that good advice gives? Amen. Amen. How many of you have ever given somebody good advice and they didn't take it? 
And boy, later did they pay. And the biggest temptation you had was not saying, I told you. How many of you have received good advice and didn't take it? That's me. I've done that way too many times. So as you get older, you say, you know what? Life's too short. Give me good advice and may I walk in it. Amen. So let's lift our hands to the Lord today. And I want you to pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, every day voices come my way. Many of them from the world. Help me today to only receive advice and counsel from godly sources. Put that wall of protection around me from receiving wise counsel. Now, some of you right now, you've received some wise counsel, and maybe you're struggling with walking in it. As a matter of fact, you're trying to figure out, am I going to do that or not? Even though I know it's wrong, even though I know I'm about to go the wrong way, I'm struggling to take that good advice. Can I encourage you today? Tip the scales the other way. Go with the good advice. You will never regret it. Some of you younger people, you're being influenced by peers. Don't follow your peers. Trust me, they'll be gone in five years. They'll be here, there, and everywhere. What they think won't even matter. Follow the advice of God. This is heavy, but I'm going to tell you as we close. Now, this is way back. This is not here. So don't wonder, well, who was it, I wonder? Nobody here. Long ago, I had a couple come to me and wanted me to marry them. Now, back then, we ran people through a marriage test, a compatibility test. And the psychologist that gave the test called me and said, Pastor Jeff, you better not marry this couple. I have never had a couple do worse. They are oil and water. They are gas and fire. Don't marry them. Well, I took their advice. And I told them, you know, I think you guys need to wait and pray, and let's see how you feel in a year. No, we're going off to adjust to the peace. So they went. Came right back to church a couple of weeks later. So a few months went by, and I got a call one day. The call said, well, they were in church Sunday morning. She shot him Sunday night. I said, did he live? They said, barely. I didn't have to tell him I told you so. Now, I know that's extreme. But all these godly voices were saying, don't do it. Folks, sometimes God sees what's right around the corner with you, and he'll send somebody with godly advice and say, wow, let me, can I just speak something God's put on my heart? Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't this, don't that. I'm, I'm just giving you a word from the Lord, from his word, because God sees tomorrow. Amen? He sees tomorrow. <laughs> 
I hope you remember the message after I told you that little story, because I know that's a heavy story. Uh, he lived, and let's just suffice to say that marriage didn't work out. But anyway, uh, I pray that wall of protection around you from godly advice. And how many of you needed this today? Amen? Amen, amen.